Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Frights of the Roundtable. Um, this is a brand spanking new season of it. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody. Uh, before we get to tonight's guest, I want to remind everyone to check out Frights of the Roundtable on Facebook. Just search Frights of the Roundtable. Also, follow us on Twitter at Frights R&D Table and Instagram at Frights of the Roundtable. Also, want to let people know if you want to sponsor Frights of the Roundtable, please hit us up at Frights of the Roundtable at gmail.com and we can talk about that. Um, for those who have never heard Frights of the Roundtable before, welcome to the Madhouse. This show is a roundtable discussion where I take two filmmakers or actors in the horror genre and give them some filmmaking or acting topics and we discuss them. Uh, let's get to the show. Uh, tonight's guests both hail from Texas with two different projects, both in the horror genre. First off, we have Billy Bloody Bill phone uh, here. How are you doing, Billy? I'm good. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. I just messed up your name like I said I wouldn't, but it's okay. That's all right. and, uh, as long as you didn't call me Norfolk, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and next we have a returning guest, Chuck uh, Nor- Norfolk. How are you doing, Chuck? Yes. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm on with my bestest buddy, Billy. I just want to know yes. what the hell did I do wrong to get put on this show with Chuck? Like, who did I like <laughs> fuck over? Is God mad or I don't understand what I did? I think it's you, got something about the kid that peanut butter and the puppy dogs. I don't know. I, I think you you drew the short straw. I did. Boy, uh, I just got it. I'm going to take it right in the butt tonight, I guess. It's all down all right. here. Yeah, let's wait till this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that in a little bit, but um, I want to bring up the first uh, topic. Um, uh, first off, you guys um, have made, uh, you know, uh, like what made you guys choose the specific story you told for Surface of the Dead and Getting Schooled? Um, uh, I guess Billy first. Um, to me, it was a. Uh... I kind of did a – I have two haunted houses out here in West Texas, and one's kind of like a zombie theme, like a Resident Evil kind of thing with the military base. And the other is called the uh, Circus of the Dead Murder Maze. And uh, when I was doing that, a lot of people were scared, and I said, you know, I've seen a lot of cheesy clown movies. And I said, if I was to do a movie and it was a clown movie, how could I do it where it's not really cheesy but kind of make it a serious? And so it just kind of come out of a challenge. You know, I was sitting around the haunted house every October just thinking about it, and that just kind of spawned the script and stuff like that, and that's where it come from. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, what about you, Chuck? Uh, my brother, my younger brother, Tim, came up with a really lame idea for a script, Some, uh, you know, something that was like an after-school special. And uh, uh, we started making fun of him and saying, well, you know, what if he said something about a teacher getting in a romance with a student and having problems with other students, whatever. So we said, well, what if, what if it's a breakfast club? And what if the teacher's in the wheelchair? 
but wait, what if he's a, you know, Vietnam veteran having a Vietnam flashback, you know? So that's how we came up with it. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I love all the Apocalypse Now references in the movie. Huh. <laughs> now, uh, there, there's, a, there's a few of them, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, now, do you guys write for a specific location or do you guys write and then search for the perfect location afterwards, Billy? Well, I mean, originally, you know, doing shorts and stuff, yeah, I'll totally write. You know, if I find a good location, I'll write about it. Uh, circus was kind of there. I knew I, I was going to have to come up with a little bit of money like getting a circus, but everything else I knew it was kind of in my reach. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't pick any skyscrapers or spaceships or nothing. So I still kind of, I guess, so yeah, I kind of wrote to my locations kind of, or something at least I knew I could get. Okay. Uh, what about you, Chuck? Um, let's see. Well, I think we just wrote the script, uh, and then, had, but you know, we wrote to a low budget on uh, that and haunted trailer, so we knew, you know, it was pretty much one location and a fairly small cast, and that was that was the idea, kind of in a box. Okay. Um. I guess uh, next top, uh, next topic is: Has there ever been a time on set when things didn't work out the way you were planning it to, and what did you do to overcome it, um, Billy? Man, that's that could be every day. There was something. It, there's actually, you know, less. Uh, you know, there's only like one or two good days where something isn't going wrong. But that's all <laughs> a director is, especially an indie director. Is there a problem solver? You know, you really want to be a good director. You're going to have to solve problems kind of on the fly, you know, um, and that's all there was. Let me think of anything particular. Uh, well, we had, we changed actors after shooting two days. So that left us with just three days to shoot five days worth of stuff. And that, that was probably the hardest thing we had to do. We had to, you know, do 15, 16 hour days and stuff. So we were in somebody else's house. So I kind of felt bad and I couldn't go over, you know, shoot time. So, uh, we had to do the best we could just, to to get it out of there as quick as we could. Oh, wow. That's going to be tough with, uh, you know, actually, you know, a uh, an actor, you know, having to leave the project and another actor having to come in and, and you know, replace them as well. Well, you know what happened is he, is he pissed me off and I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, usually people don't, don't make their confessions on, uh, on live radio, but. Uh, You'll never find them. Yeah. Nobody will ever find them. So good luck. <laughs> I eat them. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Next uh, question is uh, is it the same same question to Chuck? Um, <clears throat> yeah, like Billy said, it's like what day doesn't something go wrong? I think there were every day after after the shoot, you know, ten twelve hours uh, riding home with uh, my producer Courtney. Um, and basically sitting there feeling like we didn't get what we want needed. This sucks. I suck. You know, <clears throat> there were probably, yeah, two days out of the whole shoot that I didn't feel like that. Um, I'd say the biggest one was when uh, um, your friend Morgan, uh, her kill scene, she, uh, is put in, in makeup and her eyes are covered, you know, like they're gouged out or whatever. And they get her in uh, makeup a little bit early, like 30 minutes 
before we're set up. So we're having to rush to <clears throat> make it happen. And yeah, it was all pretty stressful. So yelling maybe is something that fixes it. What do you think, Billy? I think that, uh, you know, it, that's what's weird about it. It's almost like a dysfunctional family on a set. And you really got to like, like people and you're going to fight. And I don't care how close you are. You're, you're going to fight on the set and stuff like that. But if you put the project before your, your ego, your own ego, and if everybody else does that, you know, you're going to be good. And then once we know we have these premieres and screenings and stuff like that, then we're all one happy family again. But during the time we're at each other's throats and stuff like that. But I, I mean, so far that's far for the course in making movies. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think as a filmmaker um, and, you know, speaking as a filmmaker as well, um, I feel like it's, it's, you know, when you, especially working with actors, um, we we have to realize a lot of times because I'm also an actor. I I know that like they're fragile people. You know, I mean they have yeah. to every day they have to pretend to be somebody else or something. You know, and they have to you know, and their ego is just as probably just as big as your ego and you know things like that. So you just gotta you gotta learn how to work together, and that's that's usually when casting is like the most important thing in the world because you know you have to pick the people that you know you're going to have a good time on set with. I mean, I, I've worked with people before who have um, gone off and um, I don't ever want to work with them again because I didn't enjoy the time working with them when I did work with them, you know? Um, you enjoy? So. You enjoy and have fun? <laughs> well, that's great, man. Yeah, what that is, you're doing something right. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe it's a Virginia one, thing. I, I think... Uh, uh, maybe, I guess, but I guess what I would say is, to me, I'm challenged with everybody is because, and maybe that's a part of me like being a, like being a director is because, you know, even people with their faults or whatever, actor-wise or crew-wise or whatever, is I want everybody to grow, you know, and, and the people I can carry to my next project that were on my first project, you know, I, I like to do that as much because now I even know how to get what I want out of them really good too because they believe in me and trust me. And I think that's what you got to do is you got to – you know, make them believe it, you know, make them believe your vision and stuff like that and help them get to where they need to get to because that's what's going to make a good director. And sometimes, you know, some people you got to yell it to them and others you got to, you know, deliver it to them in a different way, you know, with mm-hmm. like maybe a mm-hmm. kick in the ass. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you've you got to find a way to motivate them to get them to do what you want to do because if you get in there with somebody that can't do what you're supposed to do, they're going to make us all look bad, you know, and it's the same thing with crew. If somebody's doing a bad job on audio, if somebody's doing a bad job filming or whatever, it's like we're all one machine and all those cogs got to be as good as they got to be. It's just never as important as just one actor or one director or something. It's it's just one team effort. And pretty much it's, you know, it's our ass, the director's ass that shows in yeah. the final, you know, deal. And they all laugh at right. it. Right. There was a there was a line in uh, I think it was Entourage the TV show Entourage where the guy was saying you know um, uh, was it uh, Vincent Chase says you know isn't this our movie and the director goes no it's my movie like if you you're here for you know only uh, a month to three months or whatever at a time but I'm here the whole time I have to no matter what I have to make sure that this movie is perfect you know. And I, and I totally agree. Sometimes it has to be the director's director's vision, no matter what. And then the actor has to somehow, you know, work, you know, agreeing with everything that the director has to. You know what I mean? Like even uh, I don't, I don't it, but it's it, it's a car though. It's a high performance. 
thing. It's like, you know, it's no matter how good three tires are, if you don't have four tires, your car's not going to go no matter how much you put into everything else. So it's, it's to me is everything. So every little nut, every little bolt, yep. you know, it's, that's, that's my goal is to try to get to that point. Now, with that said, do I think I'm there? Absolutely not. But that's what we're striving for is to get up there and do that where everything is just perfect. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And so that way it's just one perfect machine. And a lot of the time, everybody's striving for that. Everybody wants to look good, mm-hmm. you know, DP, sound, yes. you know, whatever, hair and makeup. You know, it's not like we're dragging this big pile of garbage behind us. It's just, you know, you got to have everybody that's clicking. And, you know, it's still not going to be perfect, you know, obviously. <laughs> when you, But see, well, it's like when we start out, it's like, uh, you know, hey, Mom, can you hold this boom mic? You know, that's where it starts, but we, <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. to be graduating from that stuff, right? Because that's that's what we got to do is we're trying to, you know, do that. If we're to the point where I got my, uh, you know, Uncle Charlie doing, you know, my lead character actor, <laughs> I'm probably not in a good situation. <laughs> you know, that's why I go after the Bill Ober. So, uh, you know, you you got to look to get better every time. And, and, you know, I think that my Uncle Charlie and my mom would understand that I have to move on without him. Yeah. Some people, yeah. Know, you know, you know but – well, um, how do you guys define success as a filmmaker, uh, Billy? I don't it, – it's – I mean, you know what? If, if I could make a living doing it, I would consider that success. Um, I don't think I'll ever find happiness from doing it, but I can't. I think success would be if, if, if I just was able to uh, do that for my day job, I think I'd be considered successful as far as myself is concerned. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, being able to just – do that all the time. Uh, definitely stressful. Definitely, you know, always looking at the what you made and thinking it's a pile of crap. Um, you know, for like two years before anybody sees it. Uh, but yeah, you know, getting yeah. paid and being able to do that, you know, that would be it. I think that's. Uh, I think that's any artist. You know, on um, you know, in, in some way. I mean that. Not saying what everything we do is art or whatever, you know, but any kind of, you know, quote unquote artist, you know, is a, you know, will think that if they can keep if they can keep doing this and make money, you know, uh, they will, you know, they have succeeded. So right, I I totally agree. Can I can um, I pay my bills and can I eat? Then it's I'm right. doing good. That's that would right. be successful. It'd actually be yeah. nice just to pay in, the investors back. That would be great. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. not going to talk crazy with. now. <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all another subject in itself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What do you guys think the biggest struggle with independent filmmaking today is, uh, Billy? I mean, it's it's going to be financial probably. You know, I mean, if you if you run the nicer cameras and, you know, better actors and, you know, better crew and stuff, you're going to have to pay eventually for that kind of stuff. So I guess the struggle would be that. Um, everything else just kind of comes easy if you got all the right things, you know. Yeah, I don't think it comes right. easy, does it? But, I mean, it gets better. I mean, I think even yeah. if you have a million-dollar budget, you're going to be – you're still going to – I'm going to be that guy that looks at it and goes, damn, I hate this. I hate this scene. You know, but it, what matters is if the audience likes it, I guess. You know, it's funny because I was watching Project Greenlight, 
And the guy got, you know, the first first one off the bat was, uh, you know, Pete Jones. He had a million dollars to make his movie. Now, any, indi- like, low-budget independent filmmaker would go, oh, my God, a million dollars. I could do a lot with that, right? And right. then he finds yeah. out that his movie is not even a million-dollar movie. It's like a $2 million, $3 million, you know? Like, yeah. basically, right. like, to make it good. So, like, the more money that you have, the more you know, people could always want more is my is my take on it. So even with the financial thing, you but keep is it, wanting... But is it like the White House, though? You know, is, are they are you paying, you know, $40 for a screwdriver when I can just go borrow one out of the garage? You know, that right. kind of stuff. It, I think some people are too free with it. I mean, if you want to find a, a tightwad, watch indie filmmakers spend money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no they're, not gonna overspend, no they're not going to overspend for shit. So maybe it's they a cook the shit out of some million spaghetti. dollars, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Little Caesars uh, pizza, hot and fresh ready. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe yeah, they just overspend. Maybe I mean I can't even. I would even know what to do with a million dollars to make a movie. I suppose I'd probably just buy a hooker with most of it and then make a movie with the rest. <laughs> but you have to put the hooker in the movie, right? Somewhere. Yeah, because you know, the, the, the money, the money has to put on the screen. Yeah, the <laughs> money after, she, after she sees it. Yeah, after she sees it, I'm gonna have to like gouge her eyes out anyway. <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, now I'm wondering how much of that movie was uh, was actually real. <laughs> that well, I tell you that yeah. uh, you know I wrote that with uh, Lee Ankrum and, and Popcorn is um, he's kind of what we took the thing is like uh, him and Don is kind of like Yin and Yang is it's like I always think you know I, I feel like every man I even think women do too but I think every every man has like really dark thoughts really sexual dark thoughts about every living situation or whatever, you know, I mean, there's a couple of dogs I've seen that I thought, you know what, I, would, I don't know, you know, maybe in the right place. But anyway, uh, well, I think all these dark thoughts is like, what if you didn't have a moral compass and you just did what you want to do, you know, no matter what, with no, you know, remorse. And that's where popcorn come from. And the other clowns, you know, uh, Mr. Blister was kind of like a steroid version of my friend Rusty Edwards, uh, uh, personality and same thing with Ryan Clapp. You know he plays kind of the the kind of a dumb clown. You know kind of childlike clown. You know that's always breaking things. I mean that's him. I mean I've watched that guy knock over a million drinks and all kinds of weird stuff or pick up something and say don't break it and he breaks it and you know so it's just kind of different versions of that because I knew I couldn't get you know really really super good actors for that and I wanted to work with them and have them kind of just be themselves, just kind of steroided up a little bit. And and you said pick up something like a venereal disease or something or what? Yeah, or what uh, no, he's childlike. He doesn't have Noodle Dome doesn't have sex yet. He's still oh, a child. Okay. He's got a child's brain. That's gross, Chuck. It's not a horror movie. Well, you know, yeah, whatever. That ain't what you said. <laughs> we were chatting the other night, but whatever. <laughs> no, no. Well, he's going to. This is the sequel. He's got a love scene in this one. The new one. The oh, right. Breaks the page right there. He's got a he's got a love scene. Noodle Dome's going to have a love scene in the next movie. Oh He's gonna lose his virginity. <laughs> <laughs> now that's all right. Well, this, this is gonna be the uh, last question before we get into what you guys have been up to lately. Um, what's the film you guys watch that you think people would be like surprised you enjoy, uh, Billy? Um. Well, you know what I've been watching lately. I'm I'm a big fan of Prince, man, and. Purple Rain three million times, and I watched it again the other day. But I like that movie a lot. I, I guess I like Crossroads, uh, Roadhouse. Is this Crossroads? Uh, 
to the not Britney Spears, Spears Crossroads? No. <laughs> no, it was the Ralph Macchio one. Um, that's okay. not even that bad, is it? I'll look go to Chuck and let me think right quick, see if anything I'm weird I'm watching. Yeah, I can't either. Something that I would I know, be embarrassed. Say circus uh, with <laughs> I was going to say that, but that would have been too yeah. obvious, right? Yeah. Um, uh, doll boy, I guess. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I can't even think of something that I'm sure there's funny. I, I, out there has got to be something. I can't think of that Yeah, see, that's a hard question. That's kind of a hard question, I guess. Uh, I mean, for me, like stuff like I, I, I love really bad movies. Like, period. I just have a lot of fun. Like Troll Two. Uh, the Room, you know, Birdemic. Yeah, well, actually, oh, Birdemic yeah. is really hard to watch. <laughs> oh, man. I have to watch it yeah. with, like, the uh, roof tracks behind it, you know? But well, be- that's before, I did, uh, before I did Circus, I wouldn't watch any other clown movies because I didn't want, you know, somebody to think I was ripping off anything. So now if a clown movie pops up, like I just watched on Netflix, uh, Stitches, the other night, and everybody is trashing, and I thought it was okay. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, a cheesy slasher movie, but that's how everything was in the 80s, so why are they, like, trashing it? And then another movie comes out, and they go, oh, this is just like the 80s. Everybody's going to love it. I don't I don't get it sometimes, people's taste, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was well, okay, yeah. There's no accounting for taste, right? I don't get it, but it's all over the – I think you got, like, mainstream fans, and then you got diehard horror fans, and there's no in the middle. Right. Right. what's happening, yeah. yeah. You got the Walking Dead horror fans, and then you got you know the weird people like us that grew up on this stuff. There you go. There's yeah, something I would be embarrassed to people to know that I watched what, uh, Walking what? Dead. Walking what? Dead, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you on that one too. I don't know why I watch it, and I do. And sometimes I don't want to I watch it. I'll tell you what my biggest thing is, you know, guys, is those damn gunfires. You know what I mean? If you any of you ever shot guns before, there's always recoil, even if you shoot a BB gun. And these people don't even jerk whatsoever, blink when they shoot or nothing. It just drives me bananas. <laughs> uh, CGI drives. gun. You know, yeah. you know what? Uh, it drives my dad bonkers when we watch is like a movie that has like, uh, what is it? Uh, it's gunfire, but the people don't like. Uh, you know, when when somebody like shoots and somebody like flies across the uh, across the room, like a Robert Rodriguez movie or something. Like uh, Desperado or something, you shoot somebody and then all of a sudden they fly across the room, but like yeah. the other person doesn't even move, and like yeah. it, it would have the same you know, I love that mechanics. Shit, yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. it's just mechanics would would tell you that if that person would go that way, that you would move the other way a little bit at least, you know. But I guess people are that badass, you know. When yeah, what is the fucking uh, documentary? Uh, no, it's comic book logic. You know, it's like they sit in comic books, and that's where it turns out. That's where you get like a Tarantino. You hate Chuck hates Tarantino, but uh, it's always like real gunfires or that Kevin Costner western too. That just what was cool about that gunfight in that one, that it was just like it seemed real. You know what I mean? It didn't seem fake at all. But real gunfights are pretty cool and brutal. Yep. Yep. Never okay, seen one. So you've never seen one? You probably beat it. You probably beat off to that stuff, Billy. No, I. I I, you know what, I, I'm a really a hardcore, like, old-school Western, like, you know, actually real Western stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I, I read that in Greek mythology like crazy. Like, all the, you know, all those time-life books on the gunfighters and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like, read all that as a kid and all the, uh, like, uh, Greek mythology stuff. So, I don't know why I was into the things I was into. You know, back then, there was no Internet and stuff like that. Or, you know, you had to actually read or, you know, learn something from a television. Like, watch PBS. You'll never see a kid watch a PBS these days. 
or go outside. <laughs> yeah, go outside, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, what have you guys been up to, and how can people reach you? Um, Billy? I just, I'd rather people just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> then don't even call me or bother me or nothing. Just let me be. Um, I'll be out at a Texas Frightmare this Texas Frightmare weekend this weekend coming up uh, Friday through Sunday. If they want to stop by, we'll have some free posters and uh, little things like that. Chuck will be coming by giving out hand jobs. Hand jobs. My mouth. I busted a tooth. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, you, uh, Chuck? Uh, about to, I think I'm about to fire up a uh, Indiegogo campaign to uh, do another project. Um, what is the project? Are you going to say it? Are you going to officially say it out? I don't know. The I don't know. Well, well, the the it's there's going to be three choices, and mm-hmm. as part of the campaign, everyone will get to vote on which movie they want made. They'll also oh, control the budget. Yeah, they'll also control the budget by, you know, giving more money. And they'll help with the uh with the casting process. So get to pick like the top three for each part and then we'll, you know, choose from that. What are you gonna wow, that's a really... What's that? What are you gonna what are you gonna announce the uh the actual themes and what they get to choose from or the script ideas? Uh, uh that'll be I mean it'll be immediately when I start it, so probably I don't know. I'm I'm gonna wait till all these flood uh people need money for flood disaster stuff up here in Houston, so I'm gonna wait a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. Start yeah, that. Yeah. So can't even get a damn Indiegogo going because of all these people begging for money because of flood. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, calling in tonight, and uh, you guys are definitely welcome back anytime to come on the show, even if you don't want to, Billy, because you seem to not well, you just, want to be left alone. Just let me know. Just let me know if Chuck's on there first before you get me hooked on to this <laughs> stuff next time. You're telling me. Mm-hmm. At least my, I think my, they put my booth in the other room at Frightmare, so yeah. We're good. <laughs> gonna stick it. Hope, no, wait, no, I'm not next to you. I thought that'd be my luck. I'd be right next to you, but I think I don't think I'm not. I think I'm actually next to uh, Brian Stewart, the Fangoria artist, and uh, Josh Vargas, the other Houston filmmaker, which will be the first time we meet in Josh. Well, he's ah. a freak, and that, his movie's awesome too. So that's with Parrish, yeah. <laughs> Parrish worked with him. I love Parrish. Parrish is a good dude. Yep. And Paris was wonderful in uh, Circus of the Dead. Yeah, Paris, we we, um, we ripped him up in that movie, and just he was just he refused to get out of the chair and stuff, and we had to you know, handcuff him to those chairs because he wanted to stay in characters. And man, I just <laughs> put my ass neck to his head and fart and teabag his drink and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Man, he just sit there and cried. So some of those tears was because we put it, put my ball sack on his straw of his big gulp. Oh, that's got to be <laughs> horrendous. Oh. It was. Think about that. Oh, I get it. Sleep to that. Like hour 11 on set? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. You guys are wonderful guests, and uh, you guys are definitely welcome back, like I said. And um, uh, is there any last words you guys want to say? 
Um, to support indie film, I mean, anybody out there thinking about making movies and stuff, if you know me, if you know Chuck, if you know that, just hit us up, man, because we'll give you all the advice we can give you. You know, we don't charge for that or something. Or if you want to buy us a beer or buy us a you know, cold drink or something, we'll be even happier to tell you anything you want to know. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, go go make movies. I mean, it uh, doesn't cost anything, right, whenever you start out. So do that and also, uh, you know, I don't even know what I was going to say the rest of the way. It was just, you know, full of shit anyway. So that's it. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and have a great night. Thanks. All right, see, have you. A good one. see you, Chuck. See you, John. All right. Later, man. All right. See you, bud. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, that was Billy uh, Pond and uh, Chuck Nor- Norfolk. Uh, here talking. Uh, be sure to check in next Monday. Check in uh, Monday, and um, also we're going to. I'm about to end this uh, with the Leighton Robinson song "Deepness." If uh, this goes over in the archives, you're gonna have to listen to it there. Sorry. Here we go. will never go away The deepness is where I stay the Deepness inside of my heart Whispering, whispering sweet melody Forever and ever tempting me Blending inside all that I see The deepness will never go away The deepness is where I stay
look away. 